All right. What is the first thing that you're going to do when you get to the Philippines? Go to sleep. That is called jet lag. I'm getting in at 11 at night, so I'm allowed. Okay. Yeah, that's very good. Welcome to the Discover Your Wilderness podcast. Okay, so talk me through your conundrum. You are going where? So Megan and I are going to the Philippines, and we're going for two weeks because we see this as our... We're definitely in the scarcity mentality mindset that we're expecting a child... And so we don't know when we will be able to travel again, and especially travel for this long of a period of time, this far away from home. So we're going for two weeks in order to get everything done that we want to get done in the Philippines. So when we've talked in the past about uh, FOMO versus JOMO, high intensity, low intensity, uh, etc., where would you say your current strategy falls in all of that? We're we're definitely very much in the FOMO quadrant, high intensity, because we one kind of well, medium intensity. We're not doing we're not doing some of the more extreme sports, but we're gonna be high energy, just doing a lot of stuff. It's, she has family from the Philippines, so we want to go see some family history regions. We want to go where I lived for a time, and we want to go to the more beachy, touristy place. So we're really fitting in three trips into one trip, making it that FOMO, because we go, well, if we're going all the way there, then we should probably do this thing that we've been wanting to do for a while which is go see where i lived but it's also a beautiful island country so we want to go do some tours oh and we should fit in your family since no one from your family has ever visited there since they've left so it's it's very much in the fomo quadrant do you have concerns about living in a fomo mindset for this i mean I'm only concerned in as much as it's more indicative of where my mindset is in general, which is of scarcity. Instead of thinking, this is one time that we're going to the Philippines, we'll definitely come back so we don't need to fit everything in, I am thinking, I may never come back, so we have to do all of the things. And that's something that, in this instance, is being symptomatic, but is more representative of my thought process in general. And I think that's reasonable. I mean, anytime you go to a new place, you want to see all the things, so that when you come back from that place and people say, did you do this, you can live up to their expectations. Um, It is interesting, though, that... Uh, you've been there, and so you know a lot about the area. Um, and what are Megan's expectations built on? How did her expectations evolve? Her expectations were, I wanted to go there. I live there. I love the people there. And 
since deciding that that's where we were going to go, she then said or communicated, well, I have family from there, so I would like to see where you lived, and I would like to see where my family came from. And going into it, that was not one of my expectations. I knew that she was part Filipina, but I didn't know that she would want to go visit those roots. So I haven't conceded still wanting to have the touristy beachy part of the vacation and going back to see the part that I have lived in, which is important to me because the reason I love the Philippines was from my time and experience where I was with the people I was with. So it wouldn't really be as satisfying of an experience if I didn't go see those people. And if anything, I could probably sacrifice the beautiful beachy vacation portion. In, in But where we have two weeks, we just have said, well, we think we can probably do it all. And I feel like I could do it all. I'm hesitant or trying to be aware of the fact that Megan being pregnant might not have the energy to get to everything that I would be able to get to. I mean, she's an adventurer for sure. Yeah. But she is also, you know, in a different physical state than she was for Puerto Rico or for other trips that you guys have done. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's kind of this where this is once we have a kid we imagine our lives will be different not knowing that that uncertainty is playing into the FOMO that we're experiencing with this trip mm-hmm. you're you're looking at it really well though I love that you're already aware of which things would I rather give up if I have to what are uh, the priorities as far as the people that you would want to visit versus the beaches you would want to see. Um, and I don't know how much of that you've done with Megan or how much she has also considered, you know, of the family history sites, uh, which places would you rather go see and, and which places are more of a nice to have if possible. I think the best thing about going with the JOMO, the, the joy of missing out option, is that I feel like you usually end up doing way more than you expected, but you do less than you would if you were in FOMO mode. And so you land in that nice in-between, but you're excited because it was so much more than you expected as opposed to FOMO where you're going to do the same amount. You'll have the same number of hours in a day, the same distance between places that you'll have to travel, but your expectations are more realistic. Yeah. We've talked in past episodes about lowering your expectations, not because we don't think that adventuring or trying new things are important, but because it comes down to reality is strict and and doesn't have much give to it, right? So... It's a lot easier for you to change your expectations than to alter the time-space continuum of reality to make things fit in. It, and it, by harder, he means a lot harder. Like, impossible. Yeah. It does play into a lot of emotions, though, to say, uh, in theory, it's easy. Lower your expectations, that way 
the chasm between your expectations and reality is much more narrow than if you had the highest expectations in the world of which no reality could could meet that but the actual implementation of that advice is tricky because it's still well i really want to go have the beautiful beach vacation in the philippines um, that i've seen these videos of and social media definitely plays into the impression of romanticizing well, certain areas exactly yeah that because someone else had this amazing snorkeling scuba diving experience in these clear waters that's what i should be expecting when i get there which is already a dangerous game to play because there's a chance maybe it's 50 50 maybe it's 80 20 uh in either direction but there's a chance that even if you go to that same beach rent snorkels from the same people you know have the exact same logistics the weather will be off or it's a different time of year or there's just going to be something there that means you won't have that experience and you couldn't have had that experience anyway right right do you have some criteria set out for you to help you decide what cuts you would make if you had to pull things from the list criteria not necessarily we have said let's start with a big list what are all of the cities that you would have any semblance of interest in visiting and from those put in how many days you would want to you would want to stay mm-hmm. there and when we were just looking at initially where i lived for 2 years the cities that I was looking at, I went, okay, well, I could stay. I'd be happy staying one day there, but I'd want three days here. I guess I did have somewhat of a criteria. And then when we added in Palawan and Bataan, it was, okay, well, let's go strike off the list the places that I was only planning on staying for one day anyway, Mm. because that must not have been high enough priority for me to want to stay there multiple and if there were any that were ah, i don't really need to go there it'd strike it off giving me a, a narrower list so we already have gone through one evolution of saying what was a nice to have not a need to have and those are gone now it's okay of the need to haves there's going to have to be some compromise because there's two people making this decision. Right. What are their need-to-haves? What are my need-to-haves? And are any of those need-to-haves in the spirit of compromise actually a want-to-have when it comes to if I can't have this, but she can get that, then I'll still be happy. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting that of those need-to-haves... Uh, you you can get them all. You can get those big rocks in the jar if you're prioritizing them. And then you'll get some of the small rocks. You'll get some of the nice-to-haves and the cool places that we would love to see. What I wonder about is how much of that you'll have to continue navigating when you're there because we had the same thing with Europe that we've talked about. We, mm-hmm. we said we're going to follow this, we're going to go here and do these things and we're not going to try and check off all of the things because there's way too much in Italy and Germany that we're trying to see already. 
And then we were so close to the Swiss border and we were like, well, what if we just, you know, took half a day and ran over to the Swiss border and got a a stamp on our passports and could claim that we'd gone to Switzerland, which again, how much does it count if you're only there for two seconds? You only get the stamp and And walk back across. Yeah. Um, But it was that consistent having, consistently having to recalibrate and renegotiate, yes, this is worth dropping our plans, or no, that's a really nice to have. We'll plan on coming back again someday, sometime. This is this is our trip. These are the criteria for what we want to accomplish while we're here this time. And some of it is recognizing in myself, I am slow to change my expectations for things i work on it and i say okay because originally megan's doctor said or megan's nurse said don't travel Mm -hmm. abroad and we had been planning a trip to the philippines and then we said uh covid might not be great there some travel restrictions let's just go to england and then she said don't travel abroad and i said I'm going to have to be okay with the fact that we're not traveling abroad. Okay. I will be happy with a trip to Washington, D.C. Or to Florida. Or to Oregon. Or something. And then the doctor said, no, you can travel abroad. And I went, okay. I was now preparing a trip to D.C. in my mind. Or Florida. Now I... Do we go to England or do we go to the Philippines? So now that it's, okay, we want to do Bataan, Palawan, and uh, Isabella, Region 2, what what can I reasonably set as an expectation? And if I drop it, I will come around to it. But how do I set that expectation? How long is it going to take to reconsider that? Some of the logistical the reality that hits me in the face is that we leave here with the dateline and just the time it takes to fly across the pacific but the dateline is what kills you Mm -hmm. going west over the dateline we leave sunday morning Mm -hmm. 8 a.m and we land in manila 10 30 at night the next day (laughs) so a lot of people say, I feel like I've been traveling for days. We literally will have traveled for two calendar days. It takes 24 hours, but two calendar days by the time we get there. And so it's... Which you'll recoup on the way back <laughs> to a degree. Right. We'll recoup a little bit, but when we're there and we go, okay, we'll have 14 days. 14 minus 2 just getting there and minus 3 trying to get back. So now we're actually looking at 11 days, but to get to Palawan takes a flight. To get to my region two, my old mission, is going to take a plane flight or a 10-hour bus drive. Then the logistics get in the way of, well, even if I spent a day here, a day here, a day here, two days here, three days there, we have to factor in travel time, and that is the harsh reality that hits you in the face, that... <laughs> You you have to travel. You have to you have to remove at least a day or two just for traveling within the Philippines because it's an island country that you can't easily get around. You've said hit you in the face a couple times. Are you feeling very beat up by this whole experience? 
I'm feeling the strain of logistical challenges because we looked into, oh, if we're already in region two, maybe we fly from this big city down to that big city. There's not a flight. There's a two hour layover through Manila. And then we go. I wish this was easier. I wish there was more in control, but there's not. And that's that's that. I love being able to recognize it now, then getting there and saying, and then we'll get into Manila, and then we'll fly to Kauaian, and then we'll drive to to Gigarao, and not realizing all of that extra travel is taking away from time, and then all of our calculations are off. So right. that's why I'm trying to reset expectations now. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I know that was something we had to navigate when we went to Europe, and we're doing two different countries, and cities are very far apart, so always... Uh, a painful reality to have to accept and navigate around works out well when there's like a night train to offset uh-huh. some of that but uh do they have night trains in the philippines no, i don't think they have trains in the philippines no, I don't, I didn't they see have one when we went they have buses and night buses are only as comfortable as a bus is so yeah i mean if you're tired enough if you run around enough it might work and we'll be running around, but that's why I said the great thing about flying to the Philippines is that you immediately start addressing your jet lag because when we're getting there, we can go to bed. It's mm-hmm. 10.30 at mm-hmm. night, so we can go straight to the hotel, fall asleep, wake up, and do whatever the next day entails. But now we're looking at Tuesday. We left Sunday morning. It's Tuesday before we're actually getting out and about to where we want to be, though. and we'll probably still be tired. Yeah. Because there's still a good chance you'll end up waking up at 2 a.m. or something and laying in bed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So this was our helping Brett process his upcoming trip, uh, practicing what we have learned from our previous experiences and uh, helping him set his expectations responsibly. Um, something that has come to me a lot recently as I've pondered on trips is the grieving process Mm. and how that plays into some of your expectations that you really have lost something of value and so when you have to accept I'm not going to go to this place I'm not going to see some people or I'm not going to be able to relive some of the wonderful experiences that I've had in this place before you have to let yourself process that you have to let yourself feel the, the real grief that comes it might not be as intense a grief as some other spaces, but there is a grief associated with that loss that you also have to face. So let yourself grieve, Brett. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Feel all the feels. Maraming salamat. This has uh, been helpful for me. If this has been helpful for you, make sure to drop a comment, a like, in Apple Music or wherever you get your podcast. Let us know what you want to hear more about. And as always, you can send us an email at the email address in the show notes. It takes too long to state, to verbalize. So we'll just re- tell you to reference the show notes. And we will see you soon for more ways to discover your wilderness. Be 80% odd 20% of the time and 20% odd 80% of the time.